Hi, this is NFL Network's Patrick Claibon welcoming you to another episode of the 4th and Out podcast. It's the best podcast. Well, yeah, I'll say it. It's the best podcast in the world because you are listening to it right now. It's in your ears and you hear me and I'm telling you it's the best. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're not. You're listening to the 4th and Out because, well... The universe has decided to give you this, this opportunity to hear a fantastic podcast. So continue on the path that life is set you and enjoy the fourth and out podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the fourth and out podcast. My name is George Evans. Uh, joining me this week for the AFC North, uh, Liam Whiting. Liam, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. All good. Uh, Ollie Broom, how's it going? Morning, all good, caffeinated, ready to talk some football. Lovely stuff. And we have a new guest on the pod. Well, I say new guest, we did actually record with him before, but sadly that recording has gone into the ether. But uh, Ivan, it's good to have you back on the show, officially. Thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to the second time. Enjoyed the first time. So, uh, yeah, good to be back. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Do you want to give the listeners a bit of background about yourself? Uh, well, obviously, Cleveland Browns fan um, since 1999, um, so suffered for 20 years. Um, so, yeah, um, looking forward to a, a good season coming up. We had a good season last year, so very confident about next year as well. So, about time. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, no, it should be a good show. Look forward to talking about the AFC North. Uh, very good division with some really good teams in. It really was just meant to be an AFC North show as well, but some big news came up yesterday that I thought it's probably best that we talk about. Um, we can't really wait till the midweek show for this. So there's been some trade news in the draft. Uh, the Dolphins originally moved down to the 12th spot, swapping with San Francisco, um, getting that 12th spot, as I say, also getting a 2022 first round, a 2023 first round pick. And I think that's it, unless I'm missing anything. Am I, Liam? No, I don't think so. Um, And then they moved again. So now they moved back up to six, swapping with the Philadelphia Eagles. And they gave away that new 2022 first round pick. Uh, Blimey. So with all that going on, Liam, um, San Francisco moving up to number three is obviously a huge move. They've given up a lot to do it. Um, You guess the only reason they're doing it is for a quarterback. It's got to be a QB. But the big question is, what happens to Jimmy G now? Are they going to sit in front? Are they going to sit him? Is he going to play? Are they going to trade him? What are they going to do with him? Presumably the new QB will sit under him for a year, but surely they want to get rid of him while the draft stock's high. Yeah, um, who do you think they're going to take then? There's a lot of talk about Trey Lance I've seen this morning. Um, Wilson as well. Uh, I think well, after his pro day yesterday, he's going to be gone, isn't he, surely? After yeah, that ridiculous so. throw. Yeah, that was an absolutely filthy attempt. Uh, Ollie, what do you make of it all? Yeah, Wilson to the Jets at two is the sensible move for them to make. So you're probably looking at either Fields or Lance at three. Um, they've come out and they've said that Garoppolo is their guy, whether there's anything in that or not, or whether that is you know like the dreaded voter confidence. I think it's just the GM keeping face, to be honest. Yeah, I could see maybe Lance a little bit less experienced he could go there and sit for half a season maybe a season yeah I think that as well I mean Trey Lance makes a lot of sense he's a name I've heard banded around uh, the most with the point with Jimmy G I think it's 
you know, you don't want to downplay any Jimmy G talks because they're still going to look to trade him. So the worst thing they could say at the moment is that, you know, he's not their guy and stuff like that. You've still got to keep confidence in these kind of players. Yeah, they're keeping a poker face. Yeah, exactly. Ivan, what do you make of it all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Dolphins are huge winners on that one. Um, I think the Niners are uh, probably end, going to end up with Justin Fields. Um, so I think Wilson, like you've been saying, he's going to go pick two. Um, I would hope that um, they will keep Garoppolo and Jimmy G and, uh, you know, keep uh, uh, get Justin Fields trained up for a year or two and bring him in. Um, but I suspect that the uh, they'll trade them for other picks and bring in their uh, shiny new quarterback from the draft and uh, play him fairly quickly, uh, which I think is the wrong thing to do. But uh, we'll see. Either way, it's a huge, uh, huge uh, change last night. And I do, but I do think the Dolphins are the big winners on that one. Could you see any scenario where they try and swap with the Jets to get Wilson? No. No, I'm not sure That's what they could give up. I spoke to him yesterday and um, the Jets are so keen on Wilson that they're not going to move from that number two spot. Yeah. Because that's who the 49ers wanted. They wanted Wilson um, as their number one option. But the, the Jets won't move out of that number two spot, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you can pretty much now lock up the one and two um, places in the draft and the people that are going there as well. Uh, were you surprised, Ollie, that it was the 49ers that moved? Because it wasn't really a team that we spoke about before this trading up for a spot um, at number three or number four? Yeah, there was talk about them trading Garoppolo um, around the time free agency opened. So for him to stay, they seemed like they were just going to roll with him. Um, and it's a big move for them to make. It's, it's a leap rather than a, a jump up a few places. So I think there was probably teams that we thought were more likely, like the Panthers or the Broncos. So they may now be looking to move to four to guarantee themselves a quarterback. It's a lot to give away, though, isn't it, Liam? I mean, you've got they've given away now two first-round picks. I think it's kind of a case now with a couple of the teams in the NFC West that they're putting all their eggs in their basket for this season and really it's make or break, along with like the LA Rams, because the 49ers kind of have a team that they're now Super Bowl-ready on defence, and they've got a lot of weapons on offence, obviously. Um, so, yeah, do you think they've given up the right amount of picks? Do you think this is now San Francisco's time to win that Super Bowl? I really don't know if it's the right number of picks because if they go on and win a Super Bowl here, we'll all say this is the best trade since sliced bread, won't we? But if it fails terribly, we'll say they've given up too much. So, But they've clearly got to believe that he's their guy, whoever it's going to be. So, yeah, they've really got to believe in here. So do you think it's too much or what would you say? Um, it's, I guess it's hard to tell at the moment. I think they've seen someone or a couple of people that they clearly are very hot on. Um, they're only really a playmaking quarterback away from definitely you know, another Super Bowl appearance. You saw what Jimmy G done in 2019, and he was just above average, really. They've got that team ready-made in San Francisco. So, no, I don't think it's too much to give away. I think we've spoken about before that first-round picks are no guarantee of top-quality players. Um, Here's a question for you to spin it. Who, which quarterback do you think, would maybe I'll ask Ivan here, would fit their system best? Well, uh, they they uh, clearly think that by moving up, uh, they're going to get the quarterback that they want. Um, and, you know, as has been said, the thing with the 49ers, which people will um, forget probably from last year, um, is is that 
two seasons ago, that team was was an excellent team. Last year, they had a heck of a lot of injuries and bad luck. I mean, seriously bad luck. Um, so if they get keep their players and they injury-free, plus they get the right quarterback, you know, they are going to be one of the top teams in the NFC again. Um, so that's what they're hoping. They're hoping that by moving up, they get their man and they make this push for the uh, Super Bowl, which they could have been doing last year if they weren't so injury-laden. I think they probably would have been, to be honest. They would have been there or thereabouts. So it's very, very, you know, it's good. The NFC is going to be very, very interesting now because you've got the Buccaneers and, and the 49ers, you know, who are clearly two very good teams. Um, Green Bay Packers as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good competition there in the NFC. I think the Rams as well are into that conversation now. They've got Stafford instead of worrying about what Jared Goff's doing. Um, but the 49ers, they haven't really lost too many players from that 2019 Super Bowl. Um, DeForest Buckner, Richard Sherman, um, and a, f- a few others, Emmanuel Sanders, but they've still got the key pieces there. So they really, they, as I said before, they're going all in. Ollie, do you think it's now Super Bowl or bust for the 49ers again? Yeah, but they've got a couple of years to do it if they can keep that team together. They're going to get, they've done their homework clearly and they, they want someone and they're now guaranteed to get who they want outside of obviously Lawrence or Wilson. And I just make a point as well. There's an interesting thing about draft strategy because, yeah, they've given up quite a bit. But then the Rams, the Rams traditionally one of these teams that doesn't seem to care about the draft. That's true. Again and again and again. They're the exact opposite to anyone else. You know, they'll just give away draft picks because because I, I guess their strategy is, well, yeah, it's a gamble. So we'd rather have players that we know are good. It's different philosophies, isn't it? Because yeah. on the flip side of this, you've got Miami and Philadelphia who are racking up the picks to look to to build that contender through the draft. Absolutely. So what do you think happens to Jimmy G now? So obviously he'll probably go. Who do you think would be the most likely team? It wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots get him back. It's got to be the Patriots, isn't it? Yeah. It makes the most sense. He's used to the Bill Belichick system. Um, they're not paying Cam starter money. So it wouldn't surprise me either if they benched Cam and then played Jimmy G. Uh, Whoever yeah. wins in training camp, probably, I'd say. And it'd probably likely be Jimmy G, I think. Yeah, I think it would definitely get a job. Um, he's due £25 million from the 49ers this year, so I assume they will be looking to trade him, no matter what John Lynch says. Um, it's an interesting point that you made with the Rams and trade picks. It must be an NFC West thing, because the Seahawks also don't care about them. They trade away pretty much all their first-rounders. As well, now the 49ers are doing a thing, so maybe somewhere on the West Coast they know something different. To... And it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because you know, that is a tough division, that's one of the recognized to be one of the best NFL divisions. So, um, yet the, the strategy they take is, is the opposite to everyone else. So, yeah, do you think that's why they take the strategy because the other teams are so good, they can't necessarily wait for these new rookies to bed in for a year because. You know the other teams in the uh, in the division will then just take them apart. Like they're all already made teams. Yeah, it's an interesting point. You know, it could be could, could it could feed off each other. Um, yeah, who knows? I think it's Pete Carroll's system of training our sort of not undrafted or late round picks is quite similar to us. I think with their strategy, but. I won't say too more about the Seahawks as we're not talking about them this week. <laughs> I, I like, you know what though? I like the fact that there are different franchises doing different things. You know, mm-hmm. it's good, and these are competitive franchises. So, 
you know it's it just goes to show that there isn't one blueprint necessarily to to being very successful in the NFL and I, I think su- it's a good thing I suppose though you've only got 32 teams and you're all after the same players if everyone went to the same system I think it'd be a really boring league wouldn't it to watch yeah innovation will win the day it's an interesting point that came up on our chat yesterday um, about the idea that Miami are hauling first-round picks over the next two or three years in an attempt to move for Deshaun Watson. Um, Ollie, what do you make of it? Or do you think that this shows more that Tua is now their star and they're just going to go for a wide receiver? Yeah, I think they're um, committed to Tua. And I think they're just going to add pieces around him with, through the draft and do it patiently. Because at six, they've pretty much still got their pick of, of who they want if it goes the way we expect it to. Yeah, I think you're looking at the first four picks probably being quarterbacks and then the Bengals taking um, an offensive tackle and then, you, yeah, the Dolphins haven't really needed to do anything. They'll get their wide receiver. So uh, if I were Dolphins, I'd go Cole Pitts. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Cole Pitts. Uh, I, mean, he's, I he's, think he's, I'd go Jamar Chase. Yeah, he's got so much choice, haven't they, whether it's wide receiver or Pitts. But Pitts is such a generational white, uh, tight end sort of freak that, you know, I, I would personally, I'd go for him. He's trending upwards and he's definitely an interesting one that they could take there. Wide um, receiver, wide receiver is, is de- deep in this, as it always seems to be. Just he's checking got, the NFL.com mock from yesterday. They've got Pitts at four to the Falcons. That would surprise me. I think that would be a really good pick for them. I think the Falcons would trade down anyway. I think they'll um, keep Matt Ryan for another season, a couple of seasons. They might trade down for like the Broncos or someone, uh, the Panthers, someone in more desperate need of a quarterback. That would be my opinion. But yeah, um, Carl Pitts is a Florida boy as well. He was playing down with Carl Trask, so he might not want to move too far away as well. He's a Gator. It's an inter- um, just a quick word on the Eagles. Um, obviously, moving down now to the 12th, 12th pick instead. Um, there's a lot of talk about them going for another quarterback at six. Do you think now they're just, Liam, they're just building for the future and now racking up these draft picks? Yeah, I definitely think they are. Um, I think they're just trying to build for the future because you've got to, haven't you? If your team's sort of on the down, I think you've just got to sort of aim for the next couple of years and maybe right next season off, possibly. Um They've got picked with a corner. Um, do you think that'd be a good pickup for them, Horn? Um, yeah, it makes sense. They've got so many holes in that team, though. Um, their offensive line was really bad last season. Defensive line, they've lost some players. Corner, yeah, definitely. One, there's so many positions they could take. They need wide receiver help badly. Uh, that's another thing because Jalen Hurts has obviously come into that system, but um, he's, there's no one there to throw to, really. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a receiver as well. I mean, they're not in the strongest division, so they're probably still going to pick up some wins. So maybe they just have a year to evaluate what they've got with Hurts, see how it goes. And if not, then if it goes badly, they, they've got the picks next year to, to take a quarterback if one's there. That's true. Although you say that about the NFC East, I think it's definitely trending upwards. Washington looked like a really good team. The Giants have made some nice signings. The Cowboys will be better. So, you know, the Eagles might be in contention for another top five draft pick next season. What do you make of it, Ivan? Yeah, I, I don't see the Eagles doing very well. Um, I see them the, the worst team in, in the East for sure. Um, so I think they're going to be picking high again. Um, you know, I, I, It's an interesting division, that one. So, you know, the, the Washington clearly got 
far last year with a good defence, so they need to be um, focusing on their offence, which they have been, so they're, they're on the up. Um, the Cowboys should be a good team. Um, now they've got their quarterback back, uh, for sure that's going to improve things. Um, so, yeah, and the Giants have, Giants have had some good good picks uh, over, or picked up some good players over for agency as well. So, you know, they're not, they're not slouching either. So that'll be an interesting battle going on there. I still think probably Washington, but Cowboys and, and Washington are the top two. But the Giants have, have made some good additions. Golladay, you know, very impressed with that one. Yeah, I'm still amazed that Washington are 3-1 to one to win that division. Oh, Scott, I think they're the best team in that division by quite a long way. I think the Cowboys are a better team, personally. I know they're sort of better on offence. I know maybe the Washington football team are more sort of rounded, better team. But yeah, I think I'd put the Cowboys as favourites, personally. If I was yeah, I think Washington have got a better coaching coaching staff. So That's that, true. That, that, that edges me towards Washington. I know the Cowboys should do better. Um, but Washington have a, have a better coaching staff, so I'm going going Washington for that one. Ollie, you're a betting man. What do you reckon? Tough one. I'd give Washington the edge just, but it's pretty neck and neck. Um, we'll have to see how it goes with injuries. Just a bit of luck could turn that division. Yeah, I mean, it was an absolute shit show. Last season, so it'd be nice to see some teams. I, I, I think someone will come out with a winning record this year. Well, bold prediction. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. A winning, we're, yeah. we're probably all going to be wrong, and it's going to be the Giants who are going to win the division, <laughs> or something. Yeah, they'll, they'll take it at like seven and ten. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> um, all right, should we get round to the reason rule here? The AFC North. Um, take two. Take two, yeah, we, Liam, we are definitely recording this one, aren't we? What's record? Yeah, we are. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, so, as usual, we'll go through the teams, uh, starting from last place to first place. So, we'll start with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, finished with a 4-11-1 record. I hate the one. I hate the draw. I think they, they should do so much more to get rid of draws in NFL. I do, but that's an American sports thing, isn't it, unfortunately? <laughs> yeah, it might just be my OCD that's the problem there, but just just get a winner. There's ways of doing it. Um, yeah, so the Bengals, they obviously had Joe Burrow last season starting for them. He looked quite promising, I thought, until his ACL injury. Um, they have a lot of holes on the team, but I thought, I thought Liam, overall, it was a, a much better season than the one before. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a much better season. But the only problem was, going in, they didn't sort of protect the offensive line, which was the main issue. And it come back to getting back in the face, really, didn't it? Um, so going forward, they've obviously signed a couple of offensive linemen, and presumably in the draft, they'll take Sewell. So, yeah, that's definitely what they need to do going forward. But for Burroughs for a first season, really good. Yeah, really good start, considering how many holes they had in the team as well. Yeah, Ollie, what do you make of it? I mean, their, their priority now has to be offensive line, surely, to protect their franchise quarterback. Yeah, 100%. He flashed some pretty nice throws last year he sort of backed up what he showed in college um he was having a really good season and then they just couldn't protect him and he went down which was a shame so we hope that he comes back the same player he was it's quite a nasty injury but hopefully he's going to come back and show no signs of any lingering problems yeah definitely did look good Ivan what did you make of the Bengals last season um I thought the uh 
they've got their franchise quarterback. I was very annoyed that they didn't protect him properly. Uh, that 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 was uh, right on the wall. You know, they're in a hard division with some very good, very very good blitzing pressure teams. Uh, you know, the Browns, Garrett, Steelers, TJ Watt, Ravens. You know, all three, all those three teams get out the quarterback, and um, they didn't bother to protect him. And he got injured. It could have been a career injury. So that that was very frustrating. But if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm very, very pleased we've got an outstanding quarterback that should be there for many years to come. And I thought they did very well in free agency, by and large. You know, I'm looking at free agency grades and they're coming out of C's. And I'm thinking, how does that work? You know, yeah, they've lost some some decent players. So they've lost, uh, you know, William Jackson the third, the very good cornerback. Gino Atkins, good defensive tackle. Carl uh, Lawson, very good defensive end. Uh, AJ Green, wide receiver. You know, there's they're some big players, but then they brought in some good players, younger players, um, to replace them, really. So, do, you, do you think they got rid of Green just because he underperformed, or do you just think they're just trying for younger, cheaper options from now on? Probably younger, cheaper yeah. options. They've got a decent, and, and that's the thing, they've got a decent wide receiver group at the moment they're all they're all starting quarterbacks you know Adam Tate and Tyler Boyd are good quarterbacks um they've got they drafted a very good quarterback I thought last year in T Higgins so um the only thing I'd say about them is that they're very similar you know they're not speedy players they tend to be very good at contesting things so I still think they need um, a wide receiver in the draft but like you say I'm going offensive tackle Penny Sewell if he's there, because um, they need to protect Joe Burrow. He's, he's too good not to protect. I think the reason that you know, possibly they'd be given this C grade in some of the articles that I've seen as well is because they didn't get that big name offensive tackle. They might not have got a Trent Williams or a Trent Brown or some, someone beginning with, you know, Trent, which might, might have been the option there. But um, well, I think he's a decent uh, tackle, though. I know you don't, uh, I know Lynn doesn't particularly think. Too highly of him, but I mean, he's he's a decent he's a decent tackle, um, and they didn't they didn't really lose the tackle. They've added they've added that, so they've added to their offensive line, which they needed to do. And if they add another one, which they ought to do in the draft, then you know that's good. Here's a question, Gil. So, what do you think about Zach Taylor then? Um, do you think that he'll get a couple of years? Do you think he'll get a year, or do you think they're sort of sort of let the system? See how it pans out. Um, he should have lost his job at the end of last season for not protecting Joe Burrow. I, th- I think it really was that simple. He had one job. You get one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen in the last 20 years. Um, everyone everyone who knew anything about football knew they had to work on that offensive line and protect him. We could all see that injury come in from a mile away. I think Zach Taylor's a very lucky man to still have that job in. I think if he was at a different franchise, any other franchise, he would have been sacked, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I personally, I think he should go. Um, you know, I have culture concerns. If I'm a Bengals fan, I've got culture concerns with him. Um, so, but it'll be interesting to see. They have added, because don't forget, they've added Trey Henriksen and they've added uh, Mike Hilton as well. So, you know, they've, they've added some good players. Um, but I think it's a make or break year for him. Having said that, I can't see the Bengals getting more than about six, six wins. So, um It'd be interesting to see how they define make or break. <laughs> I just hope Burrow gets to stay fit next season for his sake. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's such a good quarterback. I want to see him. I know he's a rival to the Browns, but I want to see him 
Um, what we saw of him last year before his injury, I thought he was very good. Um, I suppose you want him to play well, just not when he's playing the Browns or Steelers for Ollie. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind him playing really well against the Steelers <laughs> <laughs> and the Ravens. He can, he can carve them up as much as he likes. <laughs> was it the game last season where he played against the Browns? It was 35-30 or something. Had, both, uh, both games were pretty close, actually, yeah. Um, Browns went ahead and stayed ahead just. Um, so it was 35-30 was the, the first game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was very that was a very good game. That was the second game the Browns played. Uh, so that was a very close one. So talking draft then, we assume that they're going to take um, Saul at number five. It'd be a massive surprise if they didn't. Uh, Liam, what, what other needs do they have? As Ivan said, they've lost a lot of you know talent that have been on the team for a long time in Gino Atkins, AJ Green, um, Cole Lawson. So what else do they need? So next I've got defensive end edge rusher, um, I think, is the next need. Um, defensive tackle and corner. So maybe possibly later in the draft they could go for these needs as well. Still a lot of players in free agency at corner. Yeah, that's very true. They could, but I think, as Ivan was saying, they might just go for the younger, cheaper option rather than an experienced person, perhaps. Do you think the uh, we alluded to earlier the Trey Hendrickson signing was a smart one? You know, he's only really had one good year at New Orleans, although it was an amazing year last year, getting thirteen point five sacks. But um, Ollie, do you think it's still a bit of a risk paying him sixty million four year deal? Yeah, but if it if it plays out the way they hope it will. They've got him on a long-term deal. So I think it's a good move. I think they'll benefit from it. I think he will back it up. Yeah, I mean, it is a price, it's pricey, isn't it, for, for one good season? But I think he, uh, he, he's, he, got, he got quite a few sacks last year, didn't he? Um, so they have to hope that that keeps coming. And if it is, then it's not too bad a signing. I mean, you could argue that they've overpaid for a number of their players, but then they have, they've had the cap money, so um, why not? As long as they don't sign them for too long a deal. Um, Larry Ogunjobi, for instance, yeah, it's overpriced, but he, they've only got him for one year, so they can cut him after that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a good sign. I, w- I would have been happy with Henriksen on the Browns, so I'm not going to criticise the Bengals for... For taking them, Hilton is a really nice pickup for them. A cornerback, uh, really good addition, and and for good money, you know, four years, twenty four million, six million guaranteed. Um, so yeah, very good money. So very good pass rusher, and at the same time, weakening a division rival. Yeah, sort of a win, a win win for them. I think they, I think they do well in free agency, and if they draft well, um, you know, they for the, the the Bengals are definitely on the up. They're in a tough division, which is why they're not going to get too much more than six wins. But they're definitely on the up, without a doubt. I think that's what you want to see out of them this season. If we're looking at predictions, they need to obviously improve from from what they did last year. And Borough will obviously play a massive role in that if they can keep him up, right? Yeah, couldn't agree more. So, Liam, what's a good season for the Bengals next season? I'd have to agree with Ivan. I think if they got more than six wins, possibly a fluke win against... The Ravens or Browns, possibly. Yeah, I think. (laughs) I mean, they beat the Steelers last year on merit. (laughs) Yeah, they played really well in that game against the Steelers. No no luck about it. Possibly Steelers win. Could see that happening again. Yeah, definitely. 
Right, uh, Ivan, should we move on to your team then? The, the Browns, obviously a really good season last season for the first time in years and years and years. We so, all love to see it, don't we? Maybe not Ollie, but... Well, the Browns, well, I think everyone enjoys, you know, a bit of an underdog story and the Browns have come from a dark place from 0 and 16. So, Ivan, what did you make of it? Um, I really enjoyed last season, yeah. I thought it was... Uh, uh, they, they overachieved, um, without doubt. So... You got to bear in mind that they were so bad that they they've um, they put a lot of their uh, picks into and uh, free agency into offense last year. They had to protect Baker. Um, they wanted to see whether Baker was going to be their franchise quarterback um, because season two he he didn't have such a good season. Um, bear in mind, it's only that's only his third season. He's had four head coaches and four offensive coordinators. So it's hardly surprising he's had a bad season too. But, you know, they, so they put all their for agency and draft picks into offence and, and that paid off. You know, they offence won them the games last year and the secondary nearly lost them um, a number of games. Um, but as it turned out, Joe Wood's defensive coordinator, um, masterminded with with a completely average to below average. In fact, I think grade was probably below average secondary. Um they really reality probably just two good, three good defenders on the team. Um, they managed to get through to nearly getting to the champ- AFC Championship somehow. Um, so they definitely um, overachieved, and uh, and they've spent free agency and they will spend the draft um, boosting that secondary, which they desperately needed to do to hopefully get them to the AFC Championship this coming season. You must be happy with those pickups in free agency. I think the Browns have, you know, dominated free agency with. Well, uh, I mean, I, I know I'm biased, but I would definitely give the Browns um, A grade so far if I was grading uh, free agency. And then you've got the thing. The thing is, you can go through the players, and they're all very good. So you know, you've got John Johnson the third, who's who's a Pro Bowl um, safety. Uh, you've got Troy Hill, who's an outstanding. He's the top slot cornerback from last year. Um, Takris McKinley, okay, um, sort of a backup defensive end, close to close to being an, a very good defensive end, needs support. But then you've got people like Malik Johnson and you've got Anthony Walker. So Anthony Walker, as we would as we heard last week, is highly regarded by his you know fellow players. Um, him and John Johnson the third in particular, very very high IQ players. And um, and very very good uh, strategically and and leadership wise. So and they're young, they're young players. So the Browns are looking for young, high IQ leaders, and that's what they're getting. And they got good value for money for them. Um, so they did very very well in their free agency, and they brought back some, you know, very good players as well. You know, they brought back people like. Um, Rashard Higgins, Malcolm Smith, um, Kadaral Hodge, who I wanted them to bring back as, uh, as probably number six wide receiver. They're very deep. They're getting very, very deep. So when it comes to the draft now, a lot of their draft picks probably aren't going to make the team. When I say make the team, they'll make the 53 roster, but they won't be starters. You know, which is when you look at the brand starting, because I was playing around with it yesterday and today, when you look at the brand starting roster, they're all starters. Every single one of them is a start. There's no backups on their starting team in offense or defense. That's really good for reps then. So if you're sort of playing 15 games in and you've got injuries, that's really good. Yeah. 
you know, they really are making a push this year. There's no doubt about it. The Browns have a two-year window for sure. This is Baker's fourth year. They'll pick up his fifth-year option. So they've got a two-year window where they can go all in on trying to get that Super Bowl win, an AFC Championship win. And there's no reason at all why they can't do it. No reason whatsoever. You know, they should be in that conversation. One, the one thing I really wanted to ask you about, Ivan, was Kevin Stefanski. Um, I really rated him in Minnesota. I thought he was really good. Um, what's your thoughts on him? I love him to bits. Um, you know, he's him, Andrew Berry uh, as GM, um, Paul D. Podesta. That is one heck of a front office. It's a very yeah. good one. That is an outstanding... I, 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 I would challenge anyone to name me a better front office. I'm quite sure there are people that can name as good a front office and experience, but that is a young front office that has done extremely well in so far in, in free agency for two years and um, draft last year, and I'm absolutely confident draft this year. Um, and then when you put in Kevin Stefanski, I mean, this is, this is a complete culture change. You know, those teams that do really well um, build up a dynasty by building up a culture. And, um, and this, is, this is why I think the Browns will be around for a long while, because they've got that dynasty building, and they've got an outstanding front office, and they've got a culture of team. It's, there's no I in it at all, as, as the old quote says, there's no I in team. So, you know, it's a team game and they're, they're playing, they're picking team players who are leaders with a high IQ, with pace. Um, they're going to be around for a while. And so um, I, I, I think that is an added element which is going to, to make the Browns a very difficult franchise to overcome. I completely agree. Ollie, as a Steelers fan, you must be pretty scared of this Browns team now. Yeah, they've had a very strong off-season. Um, they're making sensible moves. Um, you know, they're, they're picking up good players, but they're not just picking good players for the sake of it. They're filling roster needs. And with, as Ivan said, with the culture, they, they're going to build a contender for years, not just, you know, win one Super Bowl and disappear. They're going to be there or thereabouts going forwards um, not just in the division probably in the AFC Yeah definitely I completely agree I think it's one of the most well-rounded teams in the NFL now I mean if they were in the NFC I'd have no doubts about them getting to the NFC Championship game the AFC is a bit of a harder division um, I think you'd put them as, as favourites for the North at the moment Oh definitely yeah I think um, they might not, win it The bookies not agreeing but I'd, I'd have them out front in the race um, yeah. Who are the bookies uh, have interest? Ravens. Oh, come on. <laughs> Who's Lamar Franick? We'll, we'll get on to that. I'm, I'm, um, anyway, I think, obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it would have been really interesting last year in that playoff game had the Chiefs given Mayfield the ball back with, what, two minutes left and whether they could have gone down the field and put the Chiefs away. I think it would have been a completely different game. I think the Browns would have won. I'm saying obviously, this is neutral. Obviously, Andy Reid, in some ways, he had to go for it there because you can't risk giving your opponent a chance. No. So it was a, it was a gutsy call, but I think it was what he had to make. He but knew, didn't it? He's got the. He must have bollocks aside of grapefruits to pull off that call as well without yeah. my on the field. That that was amazing. But that, but that's where you see the difference between the Browns last year and the Browns this year. If you look at you, you look at some of the players they 
they've lost on secondary and they've replaced with there are the new players are faster um higher graded better iq better tackling that might win you that could be the difference to when you were game if they've got a better football iq perhaps is the difference you know the only thing the main thing the browns need to add on offense is a speedy wide receiver um, you could argue they've already got that because they've got obj coming back um you know they've got um dpj <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones is also fast uh, and Kadaro Hodge is no slouch so um, you know you could argue already that they've got these uh, players there um, and DPJ and Kadaro Hodge are young um, so but my guess is they'll draft a wide receiver probably around their fourth pick um, who will be speedy um, so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the Browns I think it's going to be a uh, Going to be another close one to get to the AFC Championship game, depending on who they get in that playoffs spot. I mean, we haven't even mentioned their running game either. Chubb is the offensive line, <laughs> absolutely superb. Yeah. Where do you think they'll draw? So, where do you think they'll draft? Then I, I know the answer here, but <laughs> number twenty-six probably where they're meant to. Well, I mean, <laughs> again, I'm looking at it, and it's interesting because um, clearly they, the the pick is the same, but uh, you know. When you look at who is picking what in the draft, you're probably not getting a defensive player taken until about pick 10, maybe 9 or 10. So there's only about 15, say 14, 15 players before the Browns then pick. So you've got 14 or 15 players and they're not going to be defensive players. So the Browns have got, and the Browns want defence, so the likely first pick is a defensive end to go with uh, Tack McKinley. Um, and if, if they're lucky and one of the best defensive end falls to 26, my guess is they'll pick that person at 26. Um, if if that doesn't happen and the defensive ends, the best defensive ends is gone, then they're probably going to go for cornerback. But the cornerback is quite um, a laden draft this year, so they can afford to trade back. And they've got four picks already in the top 100, so they can afford to trade back get a fifth player in the top 100 and still pick a good cornerback. Um, so if, if the defensive end doesn't come at 26, my guess is they're going to trade back and just... I think, I'd be, on, I think that'd be a really smart move to trade yeah, back. Stock up on cornerbacks and safeties and wide receiver, I'd say, will be a, a fourth pick. I reckon defensive end, normally defensive end, cornerback, um, wide receiver... Defensive tackle, safety will be their top five. Uh, I saw the, the Browns hosted Jadavian Clowney this week. Um, what do you make of that? I think he'd be a nice fill-in at defensive end. He's probably cheaper than he was last year because he's not been as productive as, obviously, any team that he's been on would have liked. I mean, I'd like him. Um, the argument is, is, is production, but then his, his key strength is uh, run-stopper. And um, he's always good at run stopping, and um, he's usually good at pressurising. So, I mean, what more do you want, really? And he's 28, so he's not too old. Um, as long as the finance is, is fine, then I'm more than happy to have Jadavion Clowney on the team. I really thought he was older than he was, because it feels like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, he's been talked about forever, hasn't he? He's been on so many teams, I guess. It was only 2015, I think, he was the number one draft pick. 
20, yeah, 2015. Uh, can we just talk quickly about your offensive line as well? Because it was the best O-line in football last season. I think Wyatt Teller's probably one of the most underrated football players in the entire league. Um, he was outstanding. But that offensive line is incredible, isn't it? And sets up your run game, which is also brilliant. Yeah, um, it, it is. It was the best offensive line uh, last year. And, you know, in, it, it, odd, oddly enough, in both run and pass. So... That, which is very, very unusual. So to get number one in both of those is quite unusual. So um, it'll be a hard push to do it again this year, um, but they'll certainly be one of the, the top offensive lines. And, and uh, you know, and that sets up the running game. So if you've got none of that, it, it, it protects Baker. You know, so Baker with a protected O-line o- in front of him, um things click. So I mentioned before, he's had four head coaches and he's had four offensive coaches in his three years. Um, so you learn, you've got to learn all these different playbooks in that time. Um, it's impossible. So by week seven, you can see it then clicks. His new playbook with better coaching, well, the only good coaching in fact he's had, it clicks. So he finished last year as the eighth best quarterback in in the NFL grading wise according to PFF from week seven he graded the third best quarterback Um, so that comes through having an offensive line that protects him and also um, an offensive line that enables a very very successful running game Um, so so in Chubb and Hunt so you know that is a very very powerful weapon um, you can have and that doesn't change next year they're all coming back so that doesn't change at all so you've got that same offensive line that same running game and uh, and, and I'm even more confident Baker because um, he's now knows he now knows what he's doing um, in a system that's designed for him so um, yeah I think he will get even better next year do you know what's really crazy about football? I was just sitting here listening to all, all this about the Browns. And when I started watching it in 2016 or 2017, I never thought three years later I'd be sat here jealous of Browns fans and what they're about to... They're this is why we love the NFL. This is why we follow it and love it. It is. It's, yeah. why, it's why it's the best game. The best exactly. Sport. Exactly. I mean, if you, do you want me to read out those stats I mentioned last time about the Browns since 1999? Yeah, we want to hear them again. So since 1999, when they came back, they've had three winning seasons. It's 2002, 2007 and 2020. Um, Until 2020, they had the longest playoff drought, 17 years. Obviously, that's changed. 17 years of not making the postseason. They only had one playoff win since they've come back, which was last year. Um, They won less than 30% of their games. Um, they've had 10 head coaches, two interim coaches, and 30 quarterbacks. Can you name all 30? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Well, I probably could, but not, not off the top of my head. Um, and then they, they went 1 and 31 in 2016, 2017, which is the worst in the NFL history. So, you know, we've I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think anyone can begrudge them we have their suffered, time. Suffered um, badly. You know, they're not going to have that. <laughs> Can the Browns win a playoff game now? They've they've got yeah. through that, and I think they're just primed and ready to go. Yeah, we suffer badly, and we and we want we want success. We're, we're starved of success. And we're greedy for. I think if one team deserves it in the NFL, it's got to be you. 
definitely. So talking of success, um, what would be a success this season coming up? Would it be um, another playoff win? Would it be the championship game or Super Bowl? What would you be happy with? Um, given given what we've got, um, I, I want to see us get to the AFC Championship game. I want to see us win the a- AFC North. And I want to see us get to the AFC Championship. And then it's a lottery. It comes down to more as, you know, what's your injuries like? Um, where you play? Crowd, fans will be back. So who's who's got home field advantage? You know, and this type of thing. So... Um, I want to see us get to the AFC Championship, and I, and I think we are we can compete with the Chiefs, and we can compete with the Bills, and and anyone else in the AFC. So I see no reason why we shouldn't be in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm going to go on the limb here and say you've got a better team than the Chiefs. What about the, the Bills, better team than the Bills. Mm, I wouldn't say the Bills. No, I think the Bills are a good all-round team I think the Chiefs are really going to suffer um, with that offensive line and losing some other pieces on defence but uh, yeah I think definitely that um, the AFC Championship game should be your goal uh, Ollie, what do you reckon? Yeah I think they'll win the division and yeah AFC Championship game and then it all depends on the variables who you're playing where you're playing injuries even officiating calls something could go your way or not they usually don't <laughs> <laughs> as evidenced by the Chiefs game <laughs> but yeah. I think yeah they should they should definitely aim high and aim to sustain with the roster they've got I agree I've got them lumped on as division winners I can't see anyone really coming close to them and that stuff about the Ravens is madness for me but um, let's move on to the Ravens then uh, 11-5 record at the end of 2020 they were 6-5 and five, so they won their last five to get to that and to get to the playoffs um, interesting team, the Ravens. You know, some some weeks you look at them and think they're absolute world beaters. Other weeks you look at them and think they're just absolute dross. Really difficult team to work out, Liam. What did you make of their season? Yeah, I think they had a very good season. But as you said before, I think the problem is Lamar needs help on offence. I think that's their main issue because you can't rely on a quarterback to rush and win you games because a quarterback's not going to last in the league. We've seen it with... Vic, off the top of my head, and that's not necessarily the latest player or RG3. So, yeah, exactly. Like, we could lift quarterbacks all day here, couldn't we? But, yeah, definitely. If they can improve their offense, I think Skybet could lose some money, but I can't see it happening right now. So, they were desperate for a wide receiver, a wide receiver one, and they've just yesterday signed Sammy Watkins. I wanted to ask you both. Does he really fit the bill? My guess is with him is they've just gone for someone with experience to try and help Lamar out, but then they've had that before. And I just don't think they wanted to pay people, and, that's, and that, that was that, their problem. They didn't want to pay wide receiver one money. They weren't going to pay Kenny Golladay seventy-two million for four years, so they lost out on a lot of these players, and that's their own fault. And now Lamar's sitting there with a wide receiver one of Sammy Watkins or Hollywood Brown. So as a wide receiver there. I think there's two issues. One, if you're egocentric, like I'm sure many many are, how many catches are you going to get? And secondly, if you're on an incentive-based contract, say you, you do a bonus for 50 catches, are you going to necessarily get that in that offence? Yeah, it's a good point, yeah. Can't really argue with that. And I forgot about Mark Andrews as well, who is their primary pass catcher. But the 
teams are working out the Ravens now. They know they're a run first team. If you can stop the run and now they've got no pass option, you know, Ivan, where are they going? Then they need wide receiver, don't they? Um, you know, Marquise Brown is better than uh, Sammy Watkins. So they they bring they've brought in a wide receiver, but he's not as good as their best wide receiver they've got already. Um, so they definitely need it, as you say. The thing, I mean, Lamar Jackson's not a bad quarterback, um, and he's and he's and he's clearly very fast as well. But the teams where they struggle with are those with with strong, fast secondaries, and any team that has that shuts him down. You shut Lamar Jackson down. Um, You've won the ball game, haven't you? Basically, yeah. Then you force them to throw, and 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 that's where they traditionally then lose their games. So they desperately need a wide receiver. I was, I was looking through um, some of the the uh, Ravens because I listened to some of the other teams' podcasts as well, um, just you know for interest. And there was one interesting stat which which was really really interesting. I read it out. It came from one of the Ravens' Twitter. Um, accounts. I forget which one it was, but of all the current 32 NFL teams, um, and you take their their best wide receiver of all time, only six of those 32 haven't that hasn't come through the draft. The Ravens are one of them. So the Ravens don't draft wide receivers very well at all. And of those six teams, that best wide receiver, the Ravens are the only one where that player, who was Derek Mason, um, played for more games with their other teams than they did for the Ravens. So, so, you know, that's quite an interesting stat. So, in other words, really, historically, so since 1996, when the Ravens have been around, they are really bad at drafting and picking wide receivers. Um, So that doesn't bode too well for the uh, Ravens coming up when they need a wide receiver. That's quite surprising because they tend, in other positions, they tend to draft very well. They're really good for secondary, you know. The range yeah, I mean, very, they've lost Judon. They've lost Judon and Ngokwe this off season, so you'd think they'll look to replace them through the draft. And I think they they'll probably pick up some gems. Yeah. Teams have that though, don't they? Because I look at Chicago; they can't pick a quarterback for love nor money, but they pick really good defenders. The Steelers pick outstanding wide receivers, yeah. but struggle in other places. And the Ravens we're the same. We're exactly the same with other positions. Yeah, Ravens, really you know, Steelers are renowned for wide receivers. Ravens are renowned for secondary, um, and no doubt they'll do the same. They do the same as they do all, all, all the time, really, which is loads of picks on secondary. And um, and are really good at secondary, and 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 that will be why they uh, do very well again next year as well. I'm sure they'll do very well, um, you know. So, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm not worried too much about it uh, because I still think you never know. Maybe it's this year, this year they'll get that wide receiver they need. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but I have to say, my 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 big concern if I'm a Ravens fan is Lamar Jackson. I do think he's a good quarterback, and I do think he's and he's clearly very, very fast. But my worry would be someone's going to hit him at some point. So he's going to be due a new contract soon. So how much do you think that deal will be worth? Because he is potentially more at heart, at risk of harm than well, some built, other quarterbacks they've in built, the league. They've built their whole system around him. So I don't see that they're, unless they're going to draft someone or trade for someone, I don't see they've got any other option but to pay him. 
um, because they've built their whole system around him. It's an all or nothing system with Lamar Jackson. Um, I think as well with the Ravens, I know they won the playoff game, but I still think they've got a mentality issue, perhaps. Um, it's not necessarily on Jackson, but I think as a team, they sort of, it seems to be different to sort of what you're saying about the Browns because it seems to be all in. I don't know. It just seems a different mentality to me as an outsider, perhaps. Um, well, uh, uh, my, my feeling with the Ravens is that they, they do have a good culture. Um, you know, they've, you look at, you look at their GM. I mean, they lost their, their long standing GM, Ozzie Newsome, um, who was a Browns player, a very popular Browns player, went over in 96, 95 to Baltimore, had been on the Browns when they closed. Um, he was oh. really good. He was really good. Yeah, it's not necessarily they're bad. I just think something needs to change with the franchise. I'm not too sure, perhaps. Well, Harbour's their their head coach, who I'm not convinced by. You know, they they flirted with getting rid of him for a while, I think. Um, and then just when they think you think they're going to pull the plug, you know, they come up with another good run, which which keeps them. Um, Literally a good run because that's all they can do: run it yeah. 50 yards. I think yeah, they are. Probably, they are. The problem is John Harbaugh, definitely. But Greg Roman, as that offensive coordinator, I don't believe in at all. Um, He just seems to have no idea for a passing game, no interest in a passing game, and it's run or bust for the Ravens. So surely they have to change that up first. I do think they're a bit too one-tracked. I mean, you said said earlier, I I just... To me, the teams that have got one system of playing uh, are the teams which, when it comes to postseason, won't do well. You know they can do well in the in in the regular season, but when it comes to postseason, their teams are ready for them, and that's why you know the Ravens won a, a game last year in the postseason for the first time in in, in a little while. Uh, what and they you know they got past the Titans, um, but then they get beaten fairly comfortably. So that's uh, what I mean about the mentality. Yeah, something I don't know seems to be not right to me. Yeah. I just think they're a bit too one-tracked. I think they'll have a good season next year, if a good season is competing for the AFC North and winning winning lots of games. So I still think they'll do that. But if their goal is, which it should be, is AFC Championship, Super Bowl, I'm just not convinced at all that they're going to get that far. I don't either. Don't see it. They haven't got the team for a Super Bowl run. They, just, they had the team a couple of years ago um, in 2019, I think when Lamar one is MVP. They had the team then. I don't think they have the team now. Um, I, we've got a Ravens friend who isn't confident about the team at all and can see them finishing in third place in the division behind the Steelers and the Browns. Really, no, I don't see third. I see, I see second. I mean, they've re-signed some good players. They've re-signed Tars, Bowser, Pernell McPhee, Derek Wolf. You know, they've got some good players back. Um, but who have they brought in? They brought in Kevin Zeitler and Sammy Watkins, you know, neither of which... I mean, they're they're okay. I mean, Sammy Watkins hasn't lit up up the league for a, a while. Um, Kevin Zeitler is he's getting on a bit now. Um, you know, he's perfectly decent guard, but you know they're not they haven't brought in anyone. They've re-signed some good players, but they haven't actually brought in anyone really good. So, but yeah, that seems to be their style, doesn't it? And then they go all in on on hoping that they get good draft picks, which I'm sure they will, but. They've got to catch up with the Browns. That's the thing. Yeah, definitely. So they've got the, talking of the draft, they've got the 27th pick. 
and it is a deep wide receiver class. So, Ollie, is it a no-brainer they go in that position? Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, do they need help defensive end? Because you've got, obviously, Baker and Burrow, so you're going to need to get after these guys. So do they need more help rushing the passer? I think they do, definitely, after losing players. That would be my area of need if I was GM. You'd rather pick someone on defence than wide receiver where they just have nobody. I'm a wide receiver, personally, if I'm Ravens, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think if it was me, yeah, but they, they don't tend to go that way. Yeah, that's my logic as well, is just purely previous years. Picking. They've got one They've got one good wide receiver that I can see, Marquise Brown. Um, he, he's, he's their sort of starting wide receiver. Uh, they've, got um, some de- they've got some perfectly decent backup wide receivers. Uh, Miles Boykin, uh, Devin Duvernay um, alike. Which receiver would you take then if you were... Ravens. Well, I mean, I see two comes down, but I think they need, I think they need someone who's who's fast. Um, I'm hoping they're not picking some of the ones I'm hoping the Browns are going to. Kadarius Tony is quite an interesting pickup. Um, he might be around that kind of area. Comes out of Florida. He's a nice little receiver that might get forgotten about. So someone like him. Would be great. They're obviously not going to get the big names unless they move up, like your Jamar Chases. Your I Jay don't think they'll move up either. Smith. So, no, it'd be interesting to see who they go for, definitely. Darren, hope Tony could be a good shout for them. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, yeah, probably the kind of calibre they'll be getting. But it's such a deep class that, you know, a lot of these receivers can also be picked up in the second round as well and turn into very, very good players. Uh, Liam, so just finishing off with the Ravens. Um, what's a successful season for the Ravens next season? I think you've got to go for a winning season and hope you make it into the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't aim as high as maybe the Browns, but yeah, I think it's take its lottery from there. Yeah, Ollie, do you agree? Um, slightly disagree. I think they've got to be aiming to win the division and, and looking for a Super Bowl. They probably and will that's... be aiming for a division, but, but I'm not sure think... they've got. The, I'm not sure they've got the team to make a deep playoff run. That's my thoughts. That's why I'm thinking just make the playoffs, perhaps. Uh, yeah, completely agree. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, I hope for our friend Liam that they do well because, you know, he's very much invested in the Ravens and we all wish him the best, I'm sure. Uh, so, Ollie, let's move on to your team then, the Steelers. Um, somehow won the division last year, even though they ended the season, you know, pretty poorly. Uh, finished with a... Is it a twelve and four record? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you make of their season overall? It was a strange one, really, because they started eleven and zero, but it was almost a false record because they weren't blowing anyone out. Um, they were in a lot of close games up till then. They beat the Broncos by five, Texans by seven, Titans by three, with Goskowski missing a last second field goal. Beat the Ravens by four, um, with Jackson driving down the field within two minutes. So, yeah, they and they were never going to go 16 and 0, I don't think. But it was more the way they ended the season was horrendous. Lost five of their last six. Could have been six out of six, really, with that Colts game that they maybe should have lost, but come back to win. And then it all just obviously blew up in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to bring that up yet, but uh, that, that was that was a tough, I tough one. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ivan loved it. He was twenty eight nil up in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean that was One of the best that games was... I've ever watched. <laughs> was everything just coming home to roost and um Browns more than deserved it. They... 48-37, That was one hell of a game, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't really a game, I guess, because it was over by the first quarter. But I, I can see Ollie; he doesn't agree. But I've just, I, I think, yeah, the, I think the Browns just took their foot off the pedal and just, just let. I mean, Roethlisberger had what, like five hundred yards, but but it, but again, it was the Browns' secondary. I mean, we have no secondary, so um, yeah, that's why it became a close game. So, uh, yeah, a strange season. Um, Are you inspired by Big Ben coming back for another year? So, I'm not completely sold on people saying that his arm is gone. I don't think it's what it was, but I, don't, I think he's still got the arm strength there, but it's just the rest of him. Um, there's a stat that, since they started tracking it, he had the fastest release for a quarterback, 2.1 seconds, um, which just speaks to the lack of depth on the offensive line and the protection he was getting. You know, I think if he gets hit, he's just going to crumble into nothing. Um, That's my issue. Yeah, it's how many hits or what's going to happen to him. You know, a couple of times when he, when he was scrambling out of the pocket last season, he just looked like he was running through treacle. So he can't move laterally. He needs the protection and he needs that pocket not to collapse to be able to to throw downfield. Yeah, um, Ivan, as a as a Browns fan, obviously you've watched Big Ben for a long time. Um, he's done some bad things to your team. But bringing him back for this season, to me, felt quite uninspiring if you're a Steelers fan and kind of regressive. Um, I don't know what you made of it. Uh, uh, yeah, um I've been saying for a while that he's not the same quarterback. Um, so, and by that I mean um, he's still capable of some some good throws. Um, but the stat that Ollie gave, you know, that he's he's the quickest um, at getting rid of the ball. Now, last year they had a perfectly decent offensive line, so why does he need to get rid of the ball so quickly? Um, so he's he's getting rid of the ball quickly for whatever reason. He seems to have regressed into just wanting to throw the ball quick, um, which means very, very short yardage. You know, you had, you, you, you look at last season compared to two years ago when you have, um, oh, what's his, uh, Juju, who had a great season two years ago, um, w- was playing a lot deeper down the field. So he didn't do that last year. So, I'm not saying that it's going to change this year. So this coming season, he's got a worse offensive line and um, he's going to have the same, likely to have, we can assume, the same mentality. Um, I, I, I can't see the Steelers um, doing anything other than these very, very quick release, short yardage. And, and, and this is how they lost their last, you know, four games. It all became very predictable. Yeah, because they became predictable. They, they, they so lost you- the running game. I'll give you two examples straight away. Um, Washington, yeah, Chase Young at the line, just batting down balls. Yeah. Rather than dropping back into coverage. And then the other one was in the Bengals game they lost. Um, I think it was a third and seven. And everyone was gunning for Juju. And everyone knew that's where Roethlisberger was going. And he throws a little quick pass over the middle. And he just gets absolutely absolutely trampled. And the Bengals, Bengals fans were were waiting, dying for that one. 
because it was, I'm sure, wasn't it Juju that flattened their uh, linebacker that they had? Well, well I think it was the dance. <laughs> stood the over as well. <laughs> so they, they, the Bengals fans have been dying to see that happen to Juju. <laughs> yeah, and he was in the open field. It was a perfectly fine tackle. And yeah, he probably had it coming. And it was just, it was just so obvious that that's where it, what was going to happen. Yeah. So I can't see them being any different this year. Is that lack of running game, short yardage, very predictable. Um, but you know, so so Steelers fans will be hoping that Ben is is not that player. He's going to come out and and throw some longer balls and and. Uh, but you know, the time to do it was last year when they were going ten eleven up. Neil, that's when he needed to be doing the uh, you know the longer balls and, and keeping people on their edge because, uh, you know, they could have gone further then. Uh, but they've now lost a lot of players, a lot of good players. Um, so, you know, who, Morris Mar- Marquis Pouncey's retired on, on their centre. Uh, right tackle, Matt Filer, is gone. Uh, Alejandro Villanova, I don't think he's gone yet. I don't think. No, he hasn't signed for anyone else yet. But he hasn't but... signed, but he could go. So that's their starting left tackle. You know, that the some of their key positions in their offensive line are gone. And uh, and he's and Ben isn't the most mobile quarterback, let's face it. Um so And I think yeah. you know, the thing we said about them being predictable, that also stems from not having a running game. And they haven't really had one since Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Um, Connor is a free agent, hasn't signed anywhere else yet. But you know, maybe there's not a market for him, and maybe they can bring him back cheaply. I'm not sure. You well, fired me though, James Connor. As a he had a good year uh, filling in for Bell. Um, then the last two seasons have been quite injury injury prone. He's got a career average of four point three yards a carry, which is fine, not great. The I thing think about the Steelers, the thing about the Steelers as well is they've lost some really good defensive players. So they, you know, yes. you, you worry about their offensive line, and then you then you think, well, you know, they've lost Tyson Alualu and Mike Hilton. So the year the nice backup to TJ Watt, you know. So the year before last, when they went eight and eight with a combination of Rudolph and Duck, um, don't laugh. Um, yeah, that defense was carrying them keeping them in games um, just this season. Let me read my list. Uh, Hilton to the Bengals, Dupree to the Titans, Vince Williams is gone, Nelson's been released. Um, you know, they're really weak at edge rusher. Alu was the defensive tackle. He went to the Jags. He 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 was graded, PFF grade last year was 89.6. Wow. And, that's, and he that's, did... That's nearly elite. I mean, that's like 0. 0.4 off elite. And he did very well coming in for Hargrave, who they lost the year before. So, I mean, looking at Edge, they've got Highsmith and Watt, and that's about it. So, do they add there in the draft? I'm not sure, because I I had them penciled in to take an offensive tackle in the first round. But now I'm not so sure. You need it. Yeah, you're still missing a lot of defensive pieces but your defensive coaching is so good that they can even make average players look like good players yeah they've got um, Devin Bush coming back from injury first round pick had a very good season and a half before he got injured um, obviously Fitzpatrick's still there Cam Sutton was pretty good last year when he filled in so they've still got a good defence probably not as elite as it was but hopefully it can carry them through 
I think that O-line has to be a priority. Losing Pouncey as your centre, I'm surprised that you didn't go in for one of the centres that are on the market. I know cap space is an issue, but you can still make it work. can restructure our contracts. Yeah, everyone's uh, done, it, done a lot of that, haven't they? Uh, offensive tackle is a must, definitely, with Big Ben, as you say, with a 2.1 throwing average. that You're never going to get players down the pitch. And no, I mean, I don't know how fast you can run, but... Not quick. I'm not getting very far in 2.1 seconds from a standing start. Um, and you've got to be out of the stance and turn round. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can do the uh, the CFL where you can be in motion and get a running start. Potentially, they could potentially have lost both left tackle, both tackles and their centre. That's a hell of so a they've, team. They've brought, in, brought back or brought in uh, Zach Banner and I think it's Joe Haig. See, Zach Banner's average. He's backup. Not massively inspiring moves. They're gonna gonna shore it up a little bit, but not massively inspiring. No, no. The thing is, you never write Steelers off. They're, they're one of those, no, one of those organizations think... who you can never say that they're uh, they're down. They've got good coaching. They've the worrying good, thing is. If you look at the division, you've got the other three teams have got their franchise guy on a rookie deal as things stand. Yeah. Whereas the Steelers don't really have a succession plan. They've got no contingency in place. Um, so they're completely all in this season. Yeah. They've been um, all in though on, on Big Ben for a few seasons. And I, personally, I think that's their, that's, that has been their big mistake. Um, yeah. And I worry also actually about whether they're, they, they're quite up to date with modern football. I mean, if you look at who they wanted to to bring in to replace Ben, it was Mason Rudolph. Very, very similar style. Big, solid, not a great runner. Can throw a nice deep pass. Um, you know, very good pocket quarterback, potentially behind a strong offensive line. Um, you know, that those days, those quarterbacks aren't that common these days in the in the NFL, but a lot of people want quarterbacks who can also be a bit more mobile than that. Um, so. They did pick up Dwayne Haskins, though, which is an interesting one because it didn't work in Washington. But he is a slightly more mobile quarterback. I so think to, to be the fifteenth pick in the draft, what two years ago? Clearly, they've done their due diligence on him in Washington, and they've seen something they like, and it hasn't worked out there. So I think it's pretty low risk for the Steelers to to see what they've got and. There must be talent there for him to have been a first-round pick in the first place. I think he's a very good player, but his attitude's the issue for me. And I think if he can change that, I think he could be potentially. I think obviously, player. obviously, he'll be the backup this year, or third string potentially. Um, and they'll evaluate what they've got, and and maybe he could be the guy going forwards for next year. I'm not sure. I was going to ask, who are you going to draft? Because there's still a good quarterback class next year as well. So. I mean, part of me was hoping that Matt Jones may fall, but I don't think he'll get anywhere near 24. You'd have to move up, I think. So I think they'll probably take a flyer on someone in the middle rounds, maybe like a Jamie Newman. Kyle Trask would be a nice one in the third round. I think he'll probably go. Yeah, maybe. I was thinking Trask as well for the Steelers. Um, The downside to him is his his arm strength isn't renowned to be particularly great, but I've watched quite a few Gator games last year and and he, he was he, he his accuracies. There's nothing wrong with his accuracy at all. Um, so, yeah, he could be someone who you could, you could develop. Steelers could develop. 
I thought it was quite impressive when I watched a few Gator games as well, but it does help having Cole Pitts on the team who just seems to catch absolutely everything. He's like a leaping salmon, that man. Yeah. Uh, so it did make him look very good. But um, all right, Alisa, what, what are your predictions for this season then, mate? What are you thinking? Obviously, I'm I'm going to be higher on them than most. Um, I think they've got to be with their situation now, all in on Big Ben. I think they've got to be looking for double-digit wins and another playoff run. But whether that's achievable or not, I'm not so sure. It's hard in that division, though, isn't it? Because you've got, you've got some really good teams. And double digits, there'll be about three teams in that division looking for double-digit wins. And Yeah, I think I'll, I'll put them second behind the Browns, I think. We'll really get the Ravens to third. Interesting. Ivan, what are your thoughts? Um, so um, I, I don't see that. I, I, I was having a look earlier. Right? Well, I mean, I see potentially. I'm, I'm probably going to go seven to ten wins. Is there is the range for the Steelers? So therefore, I'm going to go for a plum plumping for eight and eight for the Steelers. And I, and but as Ollie was saying, um, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm, I'm I'm worrying actually that future years, um, you know, they're they're behind. They're behind the pace with uh, the other quarterbacks in the league in the in the division, so it's not just about this year. But this year, I'm thinking about eight and eight probably. I see the Ravens as as uh, potentially a um, ten eleven win team, and I see the Browns as potentially a sort of ten to twelve win team. So I think it's going to be quite close between Browns first, Ravens second, Steelers third, and Bengals fourth. Um, and that mid that eight and eight is bad for the Steelers because it means that they're going to be getting mid-round picks when they're going to be needing to probably replace and be looking to replace quarterback. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to do badly enough to be picking no. top five. No, I'm going, so I'm going about eight wins for the Steelers, potentially seven. I think that's fair. Yeah, I completely agree. And being stuck in the eight and eight position is... As you say, Ivan, absolute crap. I've been there for two years now. And you just you just get nobody. Although we didn't have a first-round pick last year and we do this year, but it's such a crappy position to be in because you always find yourself moving up. And the Steelers are so well coached that even with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, they still manage to go 8-8. Eight and eight. So you're right, they'll never fall into that top five. Uh, Liam, let's have a final prediction from you there for the division, one to four. Oh, yeah, I'm probably with Ivan. I'd go um, Browns first. I think you could maybe get more wins than you said, but I'm not too sure of your schedule. Um, I know. I think you've got a couple of tricky games. Um, it's the Browns. Yeah, I think you've got a tough schedule from there. Our away schedule, we've got Green Bay, Kansas, uh, Chargers, Minnesota and uh, New England. So, yeah, Green Bay, Kansas. You get one win in Minnesota, so that'll be all right. And then the rest Minnesota of the will be a win, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to have you back on for that game, I think, definitely. <laughs> Do a live stream. Exactly. Yeah, I would, and then I'd say um, Ravens second, Steelers third, um, Bengals fourth. Um, See, the I Steelers think... have a very similar uh, record uh, schedule to uh, the Browns, but but they play the Bills and the Titans instead of us. Got, yeah, they've got Houston at home and the, and the Patriots away. So you, you've you've got two tougher teams there compared to the two that we've got, um, and and the Ravens Ravens have got some tricky ones as well actually because they've got they've got the Broncos away, which no one wins there, do they? Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. 
Um, they've got the Dolphins away as well, which will be interesting. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. It'll be interesting between all of us because our divisions play each other this season. So yeah. uh, we could have a little table going on for... You know, our little teams, as C comes out on top. Liam, sadly, I don't think it'll be our teams. Oh, I don't think it will. I think it'll be the Browns. <laughs> yeah, quite comfortably. Uh, but yeah, yeah, really good chat. I've, I like the AFC North. I think we mentioned before on the last unrecorded podcast, it's proper football, proper blue-collar North football. Smash um, mouth, love it. Smash mouth. Well, as is the NFC North, you know, again, it's uh, you, you've got that you, a bit of hard blue-collar. You know, fat, low fans, fanatical fans. You know, you can't beat it, really, can you? Both play in the cold, so, yeah. yeah. Weird that we all support teams in the north when we're from the south of England. <laughs> yeah, good point, yeah. I can only speak for us three, but we are not blue-collar people. <laughs> far, far from it. We all work behind our desks. So, um, yeah, but, you know, it's good football and four really interesting teams that I'm looking forward to watching next season. Um, so yeah thank you everyone for that chat Liam can you uh, do your socials job and just you know yeah so uh, we've got a Twitter page Fourth and Out Pod and a Facebook page and group so yeah don't forget to check that out Ivan do you want to plug your own socials uh, so if you'd like to follow me it's hellhound at dogpound east and I've also got a website which is hellhound.webnode.com yeah I recommend checking it out I had a look at your blog Good read. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate No, thank you. Here and talking talking football. Thanks for coming back and yeah, hopefully this one's recorded. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Yeah, you might have to come back on again if Liam hasn't recorded this one. <laughs> the third no. time lucky. Third time lucky. But no, thank you so much for coming on. You're always welcome back yeah. onto the show. Um Liam Ollie, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Um and then we'll be back next week for another division, won't we? Yeah, we've got the NFC West next. It's another good division. Uh, so hopefully we have some guests to talk about. But until then, until next week, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you, everyone.